Hello, good afternoon, good evening, good morning, wherever you are listening from. Myself, Stish, here alongside my spa, Quinny, as ever, end product podcast, live and in full effect, episode 58, Quinny. 58. We're almost uh, two thirds of the way through the game. How are you doing, sir? Hi, <laughs> I'm not too bad, mate. I'm not too bad. Yeah, we're, we're definitely approaching that 60th minute triple substitution moment, aren't we? Uh, but yeah, no, I'm good, mate. I'm good. Time flies. You just you see episode 58 there. It only feels like a week ago or so where we're doing uh, the whole anniversary pod, yeah. whatever that was, you know, like two months ago or something now. now yeah. So yeah, man, somebody is getting away from us. I've just had the notifications. Uh, Trubin is starting for Ukraine. Euro under 21 is underway. I think the opening game actually kicked off. Uh, already, which is cool. Holland That's and Belgium. So, uh, so yeah, man, pretty good. Be keeping a little eye on that myself. I've got a, f- a few players. I haven't actually checked the starting lineup. I've been so busy. I'm off to Glastonbury tomorrow, so cramming everything in at the moment. Um, but yeah, it looks like my players are all starting, which is great. Uh, so yeah, I'll be having a keen interest in that fixture uh, throughout the duration of the podcast, as will you. Quinny, sir. On the uh, subject of end product, though, we do like to start every week, don't we, with a bit of end product. And Quinny, (laughs) I think we need to give you a special mention here this week because uh, the end product doesn't always come in the form of the Web3 So Rare World. Quinny actually got his mug on Sky Sports News this week. Uh, It is great seeing the studio uh, up on the big screen. Uh, how, How was it? And how were the nerves? Did the nerves kick in just before you went live? Or did it just feel like another day in front of uh, your YouTube subscribers? Oh, no, the nerves were going like mad, mate. Like, because, uh, so, Brendan Rogers got, like, basically confirmed as manager, I think, like, 8 o'clock, Sunday night, Father's Day. I've tried to take a bit of a day with the, the fan bam, you know. And um, I, got, I got a message through um, at quarter past eight or something, saying, like, do you want to come on Sky Sports News? I was like, aye. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> and no problem at all. But at this point, I'm in the house, you know, in flip flops and basically not far off jammies, you know, uh, mm-hmm. chilling out. And uh, they're like, you come on in 15 minutes. And I was like, oh, did I do this in the house? And I was like, nah, I'm not doing this in the house. And I was like, any chance you can give me like 30 minutes? And then uh, they just turned around and went, oh, we'll do it in nine. I thought, fantastic. I had 45 minutes. So mm-hmm. I just flew in here as quick as I could, turned it all on. And then as soon as I was sitting here, I was waiting for like, I was obviously, I didn't take that long to get in here and get set up. 45 minutes then but i was then sitting here for like a real 15 minutes and i was just like that yeah <laughs> you know like uh, it was crazy but yeah it was great fun mate overall unreal experience that i was gonna say not that it was that not that it was like that amazing or fun but just more for like i was on sky's like you know yeah, like yeah. it's that experience of like that's just mental like that's great how is this what the, how does the back end work like in terms of like the actual logistics of going live on sky sports what do they require you to actually do as a streamer do you have to go like do you have to send a live stream through obs or do you log into some kind of call situation with them so they sent me like a zoom link and then when you can first through the zoom link it's like these horrible big beeps constantly yeah. uh, you can probably imagine it maybe radio situation or something i yeah. don't know and then after that I don't know, they pulled me out the Zoom link and then the other screen is Sky Sports, you know, you're sitting with Sky Sports News is the other person in the Zoom call, basically. And then it's like the the sound of, you know, when the pit crew talk to F1 drivers yeah. through the headsets. It's that kind of, Jonathan, can you hear us? Jonathan, you there? You know? Yeah. You know? 
and uh, I was like, yeah, yeah, I can hear, you know, I can hear it through the, you know, you can hear the TV if you like as well through the call. And uh, it's like, yeah, yeah, no, okay, you'll be on in 10 minutes. Chris will say hi. And it's like, okay. And then you're just sitting there, just like jangling, waiting for the adverts to run and all that. And then the guy to come and talk to you and whatever. So, and then that's just basically, he starts talking to you and you're on, that's it, you're going. There's no like, nice to meet you or any of that stuff, highs and buys or anything. It's, it's the we guy at the end is just like, that's all well done. You know, and, <laughs> and you're here. And, did you manage to get like a screen grab for the studio? You should definitely get like a little a little frame done of a like the full screen with the Sky Sports like breaking news going along the bottom and all that. Get it mounted or something. Get it framed. Yeah, yeah, that's a good idea. I like that. Um, I wasn't too sure how it would go with the footage and that. They sent me a clip afterwards, which was oh, nice. great. And then I kind of used that if you've seen me on TikTok and Instagram and all these kind of places. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, it was one of those ones where it was just pure. It was just like like the, the reason it's cool or the reason it's mad special to me. Um, because like when I was in high school, like falling in love with football to the level I'm at the now, like m- like most people out there probably. So when Sky Sports News was first like invented, almost it was like 24 hours a day, seven days a week, football news constantly. And uh, honestly, like for I, I probably watched it for 13 hours a day passively. You know, like while playing Football Manager, while playing FIFA, while like doing whatever. You know, watching a game or something like that, maybe on an hour telly or something. I don't know. Uh, kind of vibes so like to actually be on it is just like it's one of those like blue peter moments if you like you know yeah. i never watched blue peter but that kind of vibe of you know you're on the telly yeah mm-hmm. no it's big mate i was pleased for you it was uh very surreal seeing seeing this seeing the uh the studio on sky sports but it looks good looks good on a big screen all the colors kind of like matched up with the uh with the sky sports sort of news uh you know the yellow tape down the bottom, the red, white, and blue around the sides. Yeah, you know you got a nice blue studio. It was uh, it was all kind of color coded, mate. So uh, yeah, buzzing for you. And long may it continue, mate. Hopefully we'll be seeing you pop up through the through the course of the season, giving us uh, giving us your your uh, yeah your your insight into what's going on uh, with the boys up at Celtic. So uh, yeah, congrats, mate. Um, Rascal Misaki in the chat said, are we going to get plastician on Sky Sports News once Man United signed Lee Hambom? Thousand percent. That would be fantastic, actually. Yeah, like maybe I can be there to kind of unveil him at the uh, stadium. We can make that happen. If anyone from Sky Sports is uh, listening, then I am available for, uh, for that. <laughs> All Man United correspondence. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, know, I know they've got Flex on there and a few others, so I, feel, I don't know, like, they seem to they seem to have their hands full with uh, Man United correspondence at the moment, but uh, but yeah, I'm about any if they need any FC Soul uh, English correspondence, then I'm sure I'm sure me and and half of the Sora fraternity will be queuing up in hope of that call. Um, but yeah, I think it makes an interesting. I mean, we've seen John Nellis on uh, Sky Sports a few times as well, and, and Sam Tai, the football guy, who's in the live chat as well, he's in the chat as well. Yeah, so you know. The community is getting in amongst the stars um, at Sky. So, well done, everyone. And hopefully next season, we'll see a few more so rare content creators on the big screen, so to speak. Um, see, see, you just have to say that there, Stish. I'm, I, I just got this mad notion of we should, or not we should, but like imagine if it keeps going this way, like a few of us are on Sky Sports and this kind of story goes big and all the rest of it. Like it could end up being, in terms of like football, random internet people that talk about football it could end up being a wee bit like 
uh, old school wrestling Monday Night Wars efforts. Like, <laughs> like we're we're, 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 we're those crazy NFT guys, you know, like NWO style, gate crash the place, and you know, do all the bad crazy stuff. And it's like, oh, so that's those crazy surreal guys, you know, they really take their football seriously, you know, and <laughs> you know, yeah, yeah, no, that'd be funny. Uh, I was thinking that, like, you know, in the future, uh, as this game kind of becomes a little bit more mature and the characters kind of show themselves a bit more online, it could become a thing where the top, top so rare managers, if you like, are being monitored for, like, their scouting by clubs. Don't you know how, like, we've seen the big story of, like, Will Still going from championship manager to, like, real-life manager is there any reason that like so rare managers couldn't become like the next big thing in like the world of scouting because their track record in ter- terms of trading or picking up players way before anyone else noticed them? I think that could be quite an interesting caveat to follow. Who knows? We might all become like the, the next top scouts if we're being monitored by, you know, the scouting divisions of Premier League. League and you know it's it's definitely could happen right because we've seen it with championship manager football manager why not for scouting through so rare i'm with you man especially like um it felt like venezia scouted other players on so rare you know when they got promoted <laughs> to syria you know they just went and bought Lucio. Lucio and poland Apollo and you know like cuisons and much a bunch of random so rare guys like they bought who was the other guys where well, they got a big striker from belgium that was a player I forget his name, but, you know, I definitely wouldn't be surprised to see it happen. I wouldn't be surprised if it has already happened. I made a joke earlier today that Eddie Howe is doing just that and copying all the Soraya players that I've been excited about over the last yeah. couple of years. He's been buying them all for Newcastle. Um, so, yeah, man, I could totally see it. I would love Celtic to hire me as uh, some sort of <laughs> international, like, go-and-watch players person based on... I would love that as well, because we might, we might all get a little bit more usage out of our Tani cards if they do pick you up, mate. <laughs> For sure. <laughs> but yeah, man, like as well, uh, something I wanted to make a video on this week, I actually approached Sam about it, but maybe we'll get together over the summer. Uh, but Monchi has moved to Aston Villa, and maybe this is a wee bit of end product stuff as well, Stash, we're getting into, right? But Monchi, if anyone doesn't know, for me, is probably the first, let's just say, for lack of a better term, celebrity, like uh, sporting director, director of football, you know, money ball man, guru, transfer guru, whatever you want to think of him as. And, uh, you know, those types of people are way more important to so many clubs across football than the manager necessarily. You know, a lot of the clubs that we see a lot of success, like USG, for example, and there's a couple of other handful ones across Europe. It's all about the backroom being coherent and, you know, like having a set transfer policy, working on effective relationships with other clubs and that kind of thing. And uh, I wouldn't see any reason at all, like in the fullness of time that somebody's experience was so rare or somebody you know, like, picked uses Sorare as a, a tool, similar to the way people have probably used Football Manager over the years. We've heard that before as well, like, as a scouting tool. Uh, definitely filter into maybe some of these positions, you know. Like, I'm I'm just putting it out there. I would definitely interview to be a sporting director of a club after all this stuff that's been going on. <laughs> I would feel quite confident in saying, here, listen, man, you know, if you've been following you my gallery, yeah. you could have had some players in your club by now, you know, like, and I'll, I'll find them again because I back myself, you know. <laughs> as well, like, Using SoRare data as a tool as well for scouting is something that maybe a lot of clubs are overlooked. Because I, if you use sort of an FB Ref or I don't know Y Scout or anything like that, 
I, I don't know about anyone else in the chat who maybe uses it as well, but I find so rare data are a lot more intuitive in terms of like narrowing down players, you know, at least in some of the, maybe the only thing that you can't do on so rare data just yet is sort of like search by a very specific uh, rule set. So it might be like um, progressive passes, like search by like the most progressive part, things like that, that you can do on FB ref and uh, Y scout, which, you know, so rare data is more like, just all around and decisive actions whereas like maybe if we could like really get into the stats a little bit more on Sora there it becomes such a powerful tool by comparison you know if you can search for progressive passes in the final third like and and like rank every player in the world by that I mean people from Sora Day are probably listening to this and I'm sure it's not probably that difficult for them to even build that in it just makes more buttons it would probably just have to become like a separate search tool maybe like a you know like a fine fine tooth comb version of the already good tools that they have on there but um yeah i think you know we've seen clubs and scouts use football manager to sort of identify targets before they go then and have a little look at them um why not survey data i feel like survey data could be used in a very similar way um so yeah i think it makes sense, right? That football teams, football clubs, football directors, you know, scouts, all that, they get, they're going to become closer to what we're doing and we become more and more like what they're doing as well. So when you put your money where your mouth is, like we do with SoRare as well, it's, it's not just like having an opinion, is it? It's literally like you're backing your opinion as well. So if you, if you are seen to be like one of the best backers of your opinion or consistently, correct with it at least then you might find yourself a little job in football somewhere along the line um on the subject of other end products quinny have you had any wins in the last week since we spoke Denada. yeah i've mine's been very dry uh was talking a little bit in the chat off air before we went live just in the chat room and i my like observation from last week particularly with all of the international games was it was probably the first game week ever where we've had lots and lots of uh, teams having two games since the new double game week rule came in. Um, and there was, because of that, you know, we, we had a lot of fixtures, but we didn't have a lot of players playing, which meant that the players that did play were like guaranteeing themselves a pretty decent score in one of the two games. So it pushed the scores higher in a week where there is actually quite small prize pools. Um, I think I looked in the middle of the week and was just trying to spot how my like all-star rare team was doing or something like that. And, you know, I think I had about 200 points. I wasn't having a good week anyway. But even to, like, finish in the tier fives, you needed something like 420 points. Something. It was massive because of the way the double game weeks worked for quite a lot of players, I think. And a few people that did have, you know, players that could fill all the positions. Um so, yeah, it was a, quite an interesting game week, quite a unique one. Um, unfortunately, no end product to talk about for either of us, it seems. But very interesting to see how it panned out um, and whether or not, you know, people will be planning ahead looking at those game weeks, especially where we've now got the Euro under-21s. There's bound to be a few game weeks where teams have double game weeks once we know who those sort of starting players are likely to be. So, uh, yeah, super interesting, but disappointing from a personal perspective, no end product. Um, 
What did you make of the game week? Anything anything stick out to you? It's a car crash for me. I didn't have much going on. And then there's just a few, I can't remember when they were, but the game week was a write-off quite quickly, you know. So uh, nondescript for me, mate. I've been more looking forward to this game week that's starting, that, that we're in the now, with the Euros being on. So I think the and it's easy to forget in this game week as well, we did have senior internationals, which was a welcome surprise when I was building my teams that had a wee bit of extra options. But I am very much lacking in the goalkeeper. Yeah. Excuse me. Well, we mentioned to it earlier, but I did a really long, really late stream yesterday. I was just um, going to bring that up. So that was my next uh, point of call. And mm. uh, yeah, I'm still, I'm not reeling, as uh, I think Masaki was asking, but I'm definitely... I'm not hungover and I'm just mad tired. Like, I just didn't get much sleep last night, but up early today and all the rest of it. So apologies for that yawn that I caught there. But um, for, for me, it's more like looking at the divisions for next season and thinking about, uh, you know, how many divisions can I, you know, I'm thinking about myself individually, you know, realistically, like make a, a concerted effort at. And using this little period, like under 21s and internationals, I always count them as kind of bonuses and stuff like that. But... Um, what I've noticed in the last game weekend, but this one is like it's not much of a bonus game week if I've not got a goalkeeper that can facilitate it actually running somewhere. As much as I've got a few outfielders at work, and yeah, America's still on, and that's kind of a okay for a little bit, but um, yeah, so it's one of those ones where I'm in that kind of position again where I'm looking at international game weeks thinking, Oh, I don't want to get caught with my pants down again next yeah. international game week, but then thinking it's the wrong time to buy them because they're obviously scoring the now and they're just never going to go cheap as a result. And I've got bigger fish to fry. But you know what it's like with these things, you know, there's always this situation and there's no perfect way of doing it seemingly. So it's a tough one. But um but yeah, so that's kind of where I'm at, I suppose, to go back to you. It's definitely thrown a spanner in the works for me because I've had I'm quite the opposite to you. I've got quite a lot of goalkeepers that play, but they're all super I've got a lot of super rare goalkeepers because I kind of like pre-planned my summer around doing this, that and the other. And now I've found I've got like three playing super rare goalkeepers, but not enough um, super rare sort of outfield cards that I can spread among all of the pieces. Um, and with some players moving, you know, like I think this weekend, the issue for me is like uh, Jesus Fernandez, uh, Jesus Ferreira traveling to the international um, games is not yeah. going to play in the MLS in the week. But, you know, in and then, you know, does he start? Does he not start? Whereas before he would have been like a shoe-in for my team. So it's like this game week coming up is a difficult one for me because not only where I kind of pre-planned this maybe six months ago, looking at my teams thinking, sweet, got a great U23 team there, which on its on its game week should be one of the strongest in the Super Air division. Um now they've opened up the under 21 championships it means a lot of people will be looking at u23 with their supers probably um and it's given me a bit of a conundrum like do i just go into all-star um and try and avoid a lot of those u23 super like super teams or do i maybe sort of ignore the fact that i've got uniques available and look at capitalizing in 270 or 240 um, and I did that last week I, I kind of noticed that you know I had Mbappe and everyone's going to put Mbappe in like the powerhouse team that they're putting out right I decided instead of going into U23 I went into cap 270 um, and actually was quite close to a, a result there um, the only thing that let me down was um, Matt Vienko 
gave away a pen in the first game for, for Ukraine. And in the second game, he had a great first half and they took him off at half-time. So if he'd have scored like another 10 points and then I think Prestiani started on the bench for Velez. If he had started, that would have been enough to get me a card. But yeah, I think it making me think more carefully about where I put these players. Whereas before, you know, they were all a shoe in for U23. But now with the under-21 championships, I just feel like U23 could become quite busy. So I'm looking at other places to put my cards at the moment. What do you think of that? Good good strategy or? Uh, no, I like that a lot. I've had similar problems with uh, different scarcity cards this week as well, like with McGregor through in a kickoff unique team with nobody in it. He scores the goal in the first five minutes and you're like, oh, fuck, you know. <laughs> but yeah, it's uh, but sometimes you, you know, when you've got cards of different scarcities, you, whether it's rares and you're playing supers and rare pro or limiteds and cap modes, cap 220s or whatever, but when you are messing with double scarcity and you're trying to like, you know, get the higher team out, sometimes or very often I would suggest you do that at the expense of potentially a better team down the food chain, if you like. So yeah. I, I definitely agree with the logic and the strategy and I've, I have done similar myself. Um, so... Um, yeah, I, I get it, mate. I'm right with you on that. There's no, but unfortunately, it's, you, you never know the best decision until hindsight kicks in, you know. So yeah. you're damned if you do, you're damned if you don't. You did mention really briefly then your anniversary stream as well. It has actually been a pretty busy week for you in terms of like personal end product. You had uh, your three year anniversary, big yeah. stream last night, and uh, the head's a little bit sore today, I imagine. No, so we played a drinking game where I took a shot of tequila every time there was a pitch inspection. So there was uh, <laughs> so there was four pitch inspections hey, in total. Oh, I thought so there was I had four shots. Oh no, but maybe there was three. I think I took four. Um, maybe it was five, but it, was, but it wasn't more than five shots anyway, uh, which wasn't too bad. Over a two and a half hour stream, it wasn't so bad. I had the pizza to chow it down with as well, you know. So uh, Papa John's pepperoni and sausage bad boy. So uh, no, it was a good stream, mate, and like. That's like, you know, it has been a really busy, like I had the, the Sky Sports news thing, obviously, but we mentioned at the top of the pod, I had that Man City bus oh, on yeah. Monday as well, the three-year anniversary thing, podcast, there's been lots of stuff going on, man, it's been, it's been mad busy on my end, which is great. So all I'm hearing about is everyone taking time off and going on holiday, and I just, I've got, <laughs> there's no time to breathe, man. What's um, the gaps they've left, that's what it is, Quinny. <laughs> perhaps. Everyone else is on holiday, you're just doing double time over here. Uh, maybe not. Um, I don't know. I think a holiday's probably smart. <laughs> if you, but I just can't <laughs> say no. I love this stuff too much, man. You know, um, but I, I, for me, the now, like with the stuff we're kind of talking about in terms of like the three-year anniversary, kind of the end product is kind of here or there or whatever. Just kind of mentioned it a wee bit on the stream last night. Stash, interesting to get your thoughts on it. But for me, this coming season that we're coming into is definitely the most important season for anyone that's listening to this stream. The now, anyone that's been here. For a couple of months, a year, two years, three years, whatever, because like what we've been building our clubs for, me anyway, talking for me, but I suppose this is probably talking for a lot of folk out there. When you've been buying these cards, when you've been playing this game over the last period of time, a lot of the thing that we're kind of buying into is that the game will be a massive hit because it's fucking amazing. Like the scoring matrix is brilliant, like we've been speaking about, like it actually is so good, it could have real world application, you know, like, um, the scoring matrix and all that stuff, you know, and blah, yeah. blah, all the stuff that we all know about. But I do feel that, like, <clears throat> when I look at my own gallery, I'm more looking at it in that self-conscious way of, am I going to look at it in another three years from now and think, at that point, I really should have made sure that I had 
those mm. last three or four big pieces in to make sure when the season starts, I'm as competitive as I want to be on these different divisions, whatever they may or may not be. You know, so when it comes to business this summer, I'm hearing more and more people taking the summer off content wise. And SO5 wise, they're not too bored about MLS, J and K, as maybe they were last summer or whatever it might be. And I think we're all maybe subconsciously in that same kind of mindset of let's make sure the big teams are in order. Let's make sure my best priority lineups are I've got the guys I want, you know, and it's not the the makeshift guys that I've had to have for the last period of time, you know. How does that kind of sit with you when I say that? I'm I'm in a similar boat. I keep finding myself where we've had a little bit more time, maybe where I'm not I'm not putting like 30 teams in on the week. It might be like six teams that I've got to do. So like I'm 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 needing to spend less time checking which players are likely to start, etc. But it gives you a little bit more time to look at where you're at. Um, you know, I think as well, another thing that we could probably speak on is I think that the market is heading in a good direction earlier than I expected. I think things are picking up a little bit. And maybe that is because of the coverage of these international games. I don't know. Maybe things just peaked a little bit where some of the players playing in those games have had a nice little sort of bump on the prices. But overall, I think the market feels a bit more stable and it's it's earlier than I thought. I thought we might see this in maybe four weeks from now when, you know, sort of a lot of teams have done their transfer transfers. Players are maybe coming into pre-season. We're seeing some of the friendlies, that kind of thing, where, all right, you can start to get a feel for, like, who might start next season or a couple of young players that are likely to, you know, get some minutes at the beginning of the season, all that kind of stuff. Um, we seem to be seeing that now, which I'm not 100% sure, but this feels earlier than maybe the last couple of seasons I've played, especially for Champ Euro. And I just think the market seems alive. There's a lot of activity um, I'm getting a lot of offers on my cards at the moment, um, just out of the blue, you know, not even listed cards. Someone came in trying to trying to score my Mbappe off me in the week, um, had an offer through Discord. No, it wasn't, uh, you know, I think if anyone wants to buy Mbappe, now is the time because if things are picking up, Mbappe is the first card that pings off. And I think he's gone up like 25% already in the last sale that they did. So it's a good look, right? Um, and I think it's got me thinking a lot about what do I need to buy? Because if I do need to buy anything, I think I need to do it right now. Um, I've just been trying to get ahead of any transfer news. One thing I'm not doing this season, probably from being burnt in previous, is getting a bit excited when you see a transfer and you think, oh, let me jump on that now. Because when I did that last season, you know, like when new cards were minted and these players got their new cards, the prices were never you know, quite what I paid for them when the hype was what it was. Yeah. So I'm trying to, I'm trying to like disassociate myself a little bit from those hype transfer news, you know, deadline day vibe. Um, the only ones that do sort of pique my interest are when a player moves to a club that's maybe not covered. So isn't going to get cards and you think, Oh, what's yeah. the supply look like? Can I nick that player before someone else realizes they moved? And I think if you can get ahead of the transfer news, then you're laughing, right? But at the moment, the minute, or literally the minute as well, the minute something gets announced on Transfermarkt or, you know, like Fabrizio or, you know, Shiro or any any of the big sort of transfer deadline uh, tweeters get on it, it's, you know, the prices are just up. The floor prices are like ridiculous. Even people like Pavel are not going to be accepting offers. So I'm just trying, that's one thing I have done. 
I'm not trying to get sucked into any transfer hype hype moves. Um, I'll be it'd be great if some of my players get a good move. Um, so yeah, I'm I'm kind of keeping an eye on that just for my own. You know, oh, is this card going to be useful next season? Because that always feels like a new signing, doesn't it? When a red cross becomes becomes useful again, or a player who's sat on the bench all season moves down a division or something like that. And I think uh, I've definitely got a few cards in my gallery that I'm, you know, I'm searching more for those players. Like, are they getting the move? Are they, you know, are they doing anything? So, yeah, I've had a couple of good little little moves. I won't mention them just yet because I'm trying to pick up a couple of. Uh, Top ups, a couple of decent ones, yeah, that I think have maybe flown under the radar. But yeah, for the most part, I'm trying to stay out of uh, all the kind of transfer hype and speculation to just focus on what I've got. I think I've got really good cards for next season now. Uh, some of the move up in out of U23, I think that's the only place that I might be a bit light is, but I can't really be sure who the pieces I need until transfers are done. And maybe that first couple of weeks are done. I'd rather maybe just pay the premium when they start playing again. I feel like I might be a little bit light in U23. Um, I've a lot of my big cards are aging out, but depending on what happens to those as well, I've seen Veerman linked to Roma um, and Lazio. Uh, he got an assist and on debut for Netherlands. So you want Lazio. Yeah, I think I do because I think Milinkovic Savic is off, isn't he? So he would slot quite nicely in there. Well, the the rumor, the, the transfer cascade that I've seen a rumor for that I could see happening is Tanali to Newcastle, SMS to Milan, and then who do Lazio get? Veerman could be a great shout. Yeah, I'll, I'll take that. I think uh, I think it'd be useful there. Um, how did Lazio finish this season? Are they in Europe next season? Champions League. Yeah, I think they were first. Oh, they yeah, I haven't. I didn't follow. Apart from, like, maybe even been second. By the way, like Lazio were like Lazio under Sarri. By the way, have been legit. Like, I'm gonna check it legit. out. Now. He's got them playing. Like he had his Napoli team playing. You know that they for periods anyway. You know they were going for it, particularly when the mobile is fit and available. You know because the forward line. I'm not too convinced on Felipe Anderson, Sakagne. Sakagne. People like him. I've not seen enough of him, but I'm not. Uh, so, but they're playing like really good. Like. um for the most part. And where did they, you got the table in front of you? Where did they finish? They did, they did finish second. You're right. Second. Yeah. Incredible, man. You know, like. Yeah. I mean, that'd be so, great if he gets Champions League football as well. Yeah. Both the Milans were a joke. Juve were a joke. Napoli ran away with it. And I was thinking, yeah, maybe Lazio did finish second. I knew they were from third at one point, but. Uh, yeah, it's yeah. Now, like Juventus uh, finished all the way down in seventh. Voice deduction helped that as well. Yeah. True, yeah, true, true. I mean, that puts them in the Conference League qualifiers. So we talked about this a few times, haven't we, about teams that might be... Juventus? Good. Juventus have the uh, Conference League qualifiers wow. to, to, to contest. And another thing about Juventus is we didn't get cards from them last season, so they have low supply. So, I mean, if you are fortunate enough to have a little Juve stack that you've been set on for a few seasons... Can you imagine how useful that might be in the beginning of the season when we've got all those conference league qualifiers to play through? I think I've got I've got Chiesa. He should be uh, a good card for that. Maybe sold. Maybe he'll get sold. But I think they do. There's talk that they need to they need to free up about sixty million, don't they? Um, so he could get sold. I think uh, you know, like Rabio's probably gone. Um, Rabio has gone to Saudi. I was going to say, see if you did want oh, a good punt on UV. Ravella could be a good shout, by the way, because he's going back to U of A from Monza. Rabio is out the door. Um, 
And I think I've seen somewhere they're trying to get rid of Weston McKenney as well, who's returned from his loan spell at Leeds. And like you say, they're, they're, Di Maria's left. Di Maria, I think, has been back to Benfica today, by the way. That's a great so rare move, that one, isn't it? Great so rare move, yeah. It's um, cheat code for Di Maria. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I think Ravella could be a sneaky one. Locatelli, I'm not sure whether he stays or goes. But, I, you know, you get the feeling that because of the, the position they finished in the league, they're not in Champions League this year. Guys like Vlavic, Chiesa, a few of those kind of star-studded names that they've got, high-value assets, maybe sold. But they'll be playing Conference League. And, at, you know, just talking, I think Ravella could be Ravella could be an amazing show. Imagine you go into that team. Because he's quality yeah. at the Cine, yeah. We have quality for Juve. And then Conference League setting, you know, there's other players as well that could come on. I'm not a big, I'm not a big fan of Allegri, I must say, at this point no, as well. I don't know. And there's a rumor, there's a rumor going around that when Tudor left Marseille that he was going to take over at Juve. And he was part of the reason, part of the thing that helped me can I find Tudor in this kind of wee voyage I've been following him on is he was Pirlo's assistant when Pirlo was the Juve manager. And Pirlo was kind of okay at Juve. Obviously, he's not been good ever since, but ever since Igor Tudor has been his own man, you know. Mm. So He's previously been at UV in the last like little while, and you know maybe maybe there's some connections there. Cause that's all Allegri had when he got the job the second time is nobody else would take it, and he knows everybody there, all the chairman and, and whatever. So UV is a great one to bring up. Sish, thanks for that. I think that'll be one to watch. Yeah, I mean you you bringing up the uh, Serie A table kind of like pinged that straight in the seeing that Juventus in that position. Really interesting. Like you said, they'll probably lose a few players, but you'd imagine you know, those initial rounds of that qualifying to be an absolute walk for them. Even Regardless, group stage, mate, the horse that they should get 16 points or whatever, you know, 18 yeah. points, you know. Yeah. I mean, I talk on the, on the subject of Allegri, I'm, 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 uh, I hate him. I think he's an awful coach. I think, you know, I started watching a bit more of Juve when I won the Chiesa card, then he got injured and he came back and just Chiesa under Allegri has just been a shadow of himself. It's like, it's actually sad to watch the way he's being treated there. Um, so yeah, I'd I'd, I'd fully back a, I'd fully back a bit new manager, new bit of new blood coming in there. And yeah, I mean, let's talk of a lot, a big shakeup happening there, right? I think that Vlahovic could be off, like you said, and yeah, it'd be an interesting, interesting to see how they shape up next season. I think Pogba's injury situation has been Pogba. An... By the way, could be sneaky. Pogba could play next year and be amazing. Yeah, yeah, he could. Pogba I mean, is good. Pogba is good. <laughs> yeah, I mean, but he just needs to be. <laughs> I always liked him as a United player. I just, you know, his inconsistency was disappointing. But he is, on his day, a top five in the world player. Problem is, you get that day like twice a season. And uh, yeah, I think he gave us glimpses um, the beginning of the season at United, the season Ronaldo came back. I think when he got four assists in one game against Leeds. Um, he was unplayable. He was absolutely amazing that day, and he was on a few other occasions. I think he, we this the season we beat City at the City Ground um, when we were chasing him down for the title. He scored twice. He was amazing in that game. But yeah, you know he's he's usually amazing for France when he turns up as well. So it's he could be incredible. It's just you know his legs. Can he can he keep fit for a season? It's a bit like, you know, we, we had these doubts and questions over Haaland. Um, he spent a little bit of time on the bench, didn't he? But nowhere near as much as we'd seen in previous years. I think, you know, a lot of that is down to him maturing in his body and stuff like that as well. I think Pogba, you know, he's at kind of what he should what should be like his physical peak now. 
So if he can stay fit, he'll probably be excellent. But I think Serie A, you know, if he can find his level there, he'll excel a lot. He'll be one of the top players in the division without a doubt. But um, but yeah, be, I'll be keeping a keen eye on Pogba next season. Uh, he's a good shout, definitely. And I imagine he's quite affordable in terms of so rare right now as well. You know, he's probably one of those players you could pick 42, up. 0.25. That's, I mean, that's great, isn't it? That is good. You take that. 0.25. I mean, I might keep an eye on him now. Got me interested, Quinny. Put him in. Put him in a watch list. Um, he's fit first. As you say, that's the main thing with him. But uh, you know, that that situation could be great. You know, if he was to be fit, he was to be the main man in the team. If they did lose a few of the bigger money players, if that, if, as it were. But yeah, and I think we're all in that kind of mode. There's a question coming from the chat. There is Leverkusen conference. I went and checked it out. Leverkusen. So that did surprise me. But they are Europa group stage guaranteed uh, for finishing sixth in the Bundesliga. But it's Frankfurt. Last not last year, but the year before is UEFA Cup winner, Europa League winners. I beg your pardon. Uh, they will be playing Conference League, so a bit of a different situation for Frankfurt to find themselves in, having been in Champions League last year. It's going to be interesting, isn't it? That Conference League, given that there's some good quality teams in there. I think AZ are in there again, aren't they? Or Twente, one of those two are, are in again for next season from the Dutch division as well. And didn't Ajax? We worked out that Ajax finished uh, lower league. They're going to be in like one of the lower leagues, aren't they, in terms of Europe this season? Um, yeah, I think. Do you know what's been interesting? I've been following the Eredivisie um, and I have to remind myself, but uh, Utrecht have been making some serious moves in. Yeah, Utrecht. Utrecht have been busy. They've been super busy. I feel like they've brought in like four or five forwards. They brought in Azakan from Feyenoord. They brought in... Um, Ole Romani from um, Emin, who's another good player, held his card. But they have been really busy. I, I wonder what's going on there. They're obviously trying to push on. They finished seventh this season, so maybe they see a way into that top four. But be interesting watching them. I definitely found, um, as a Romani holder, that I'm going to have like a renewed, renewed interest in Utrecht next season um, to see how they get on. But Lots of activity in their Eredivisie. Obviously, we've seen a lots of lots of outs, a few ins. Um, PSV and Ajax seem to have livened up a little bit in the transfer market as well. So uh, yeah, they, Ajax as as always have brought in some new talent, young young blood that we haven't heard of just yet. But uh, yeah, I think the Eredivisie always always has me gripped. The last few seasons playing so rare, I think that's been the one. Uh, division that I've started watching a lot. I like the way that they play football over there. I think um, it's mostly positive. You don't catch too many boring games, um, I find, whenever I've watched it. So, um, yeah, I'm excited to see how some of those potential Red Xs can uh, perform at their new at their new clubs. So, yeah, seeing Romney move as early in the window as that. I, I'm not going to lie. I was kind of hoping for a different route move. But the fact that Utrecht have strengthened as much as they have could be a really interesting watch next season those those two up top um pretty much you know very very lively forwards uh i'm surprised that fairnord let azakan go actually he was one of the best forwards i saw last season in, in eredivisie so i thought they might keep hold of him because if they lose a forward or two that could probably do with him but they've obviously got other other plans but, um that was an interesting there's a shout coming in from the chat as well that uh, Sam Ty is saying, oh dear, 
to the fact that Newcastle looks set to spend £70 million pounds or euros on Sandrino, Sandro Tonali. Uh, I don't know why you say no dear. I'm a big Tonali guy. Maybe a bit punchy for him. You know, £70 million is a bit much. Hmm. Um, and yeah, we're getting a bit of confirmation that that looks to be done. I think that's a great signing for Newcastle, really. They're in Champions League next year. They need a, a you know, I've not seen too much of Newcastle to make any proper comments, but somebody like Tonali doesn't make your team worse, you know, no. um, for me, you know. So that's interesting to see that's been on. Um, and Lee Kang in, or Kang in Lee. Uh, he's moved to PSG, that's official. Yeah, yeah, I saw that. Yeah, yeah. That was and, an uh, <clears throat> one thing I wanted to kind of bring up, see when you're talking about Ajax and young players and that coming through, Stish, I think we're going to get, you know, the business we've had from Saudi so far, I was in, I was uh, engaging in a bit of a busy tweet earlier on about Saudis and all that good stuff, uh, you know, Gary Neville's comment and whatever, but yes. I think I think this transfer activity we're going to see from Saudi Arabia is going to be amazing for so rare. Like, uh, in terms of, players if you've not got a red x affected card um it's going to be amazing because so many of the players that are going there we've named a few of them already but so many of them are just dead weight it's so mm. many teams that nobody wants like Saul Niguez is going to go to Saudi Arabia and he's what? like yeah he's great but Atleti don't need him or want him Chelsea didn't need him he made an arse of it didn't he you know he made you know his first touch in his first game he looked like an amateur or something and it was just downhill from there uh, Ruben Neves has been linked to everyone but goes nowhere. Yeah, uh, William Carvalho, and then you've got all the aging guys, obviously. Like oh, Sergio William Ramos has Carvalho gone. William Carvalho from Betis is going, yeah. Oh, what that's another red X I didn't know about. I didn't see oh, you got one, yeah. He's away, oh, man. Carvalho, super. He'll be but going he... for like a million quid or something transfer fee, about three million quid or something. So they're getting a lot of these guys. Sorry, mate, that's one for you. I'm sorry, but. All these guys mate, are kind of ugly ducklings across European football where, you know, William Carvalho, people have been like, oh, he's linked to plays for Portugal and da-da-da-da-da, yeah. and he never, same as like a few of these guys. So if they keep signing Rabio, they keep signing some of these guys, Icardi and whatever, brilliant. Knock yourself out, take them all, because then all of these teams are then going to play somebody else, you know, or they're then going to sell somebody else to buy somebody else later on. And I think... The shake-up we're going to get across like top-end European football is going to be really refreshing when it's all said and done. Um, so, yeah, yeah, I just wanted to do that as well. It is interesting, though. I think, obviously, a lot of the chat has been about coverage, but that's an interesting point you made that, you know, it, it creates this kind of revolving door, doesn't it, a lot of clubs to, like, get, get some of the old blood out and bring some of the new blood in. And I think Carvalho is an interesting one for me because I hold his super rare. But I also hold a Paul Lacoco super rare who hasn't been of much use to me since I picked him up literally probably the first season I started playing so rare I saw a couple of games of his and I thought he looked lively um, he was young I think I was he was 22 maybe when I got him he's not even he's not a U23 anymore but every time he gets maybe a game or two he scores really well on the matrix um but he's probably about two three players back he was behind maybe Guardado and Carvalho but I think oh, Guardado's what he's got 37 38 now he's um probably on his way out um if he hasn't already left Carvalho going to um Saudi obviously gives me a red cross but I mean for how long there's a very good chance that uh that we get Saudi league covered at some point but it is going to make interesting viewing as well from like a football perspective there's a lot of good quality players playing in that league next season. It'll be interesting to see how they gel and um, 
also you should like in terms of like the watchability is it is it going to become a league that people kind of casually watch you know is it going to be report one of those divisions that we hear about on sky sports news that kind of thing um someone in the chat actually while well, i'll quickly pick up on it while we're talking someone said i thought brazil was covered but enna valencia is a red x where's enna valencia moved to do you know Quinny? we might it might only be a red x until like it's confirmed but yeah. i thought i don't know we might not be in the first division maybe that because the brazilian divisions are split they look like they're both called very uh, similar because yeah. i've got players that play in the brazilian second division and i didn't know they were um it says he's down as no club on so rare which is why he's a red x um yeah so maybe it just needs to update um but yeah i i can't see too much on where he's gone for that information but yeah i think um yeah i'm gonna be intrigued and i'm gonna be interested in seeing some of the saudi league highlights uh yeah, whether or not we get coverage, I don't know. I I do. I am going to have at least two red crosses now. I think uh, Koulibaly move in there. It's a bit of a gutter because he is. I've got level twenty, and um, when he played for Chelsea, he scored well. Um, obviously, they needed to get rid of him. They need some financial fair play points on the board. So, uh, good deal for Chelsea. Uh, not great for someone who holds a level twenty Koulibaly card on so rare, sadly. But <laughs> you know, yes. strange things have happened. There will be people calling for coverage. I'm sure there already are a lot of people calling for it. I am not going to, it's not going to be the end of the world for me if it doesn't get covered, but I will have some interest in watching some of it, I think. Going to be an interesting division next season. Um, interesting yeah. is definitely the words for it. <laughs> yeah. Interesting. It'd just be interesting to see as well like, how many of those players can replicate decent form at international level. Um, you know, I see it at grassroots watching my son and that, but if he's training with better players, he plays better. If he trains with lesser players, he's not a shadow of what he can do. He kind of trains at the level that the players around him are at. And I think that that probably travels up to the, you know, the top of the professional end of the spectrum. So I do wonder, I mean, I keep an eye on Ronaldo. He obviously scored for Portugal uh, in his 200th international cap. Uh, and you know he doesn't look that different from what he did at Man United. Um, so yeah, you know players like Kante who are like literal engines on a football pitch. Be interesting to see if like they manage to hold their their place in you know the national teams and how that's kind of perceived by the football associations of like the countries that they're representing. What do you reckon? I think these players are going to be able to hold their places. Yeah, I think. Ruben um, Neves and Kante types definitely will be interesting uh, to see how that goes. Obviously, we've seen Ronaldo continue to play for Portugal, which is Ronaldo, you know, whatever. Yeah, um, different. But, yeah. but yeah, those other guys will be definitely very interesting um, because the Portuguese midfield is very competitive. And if Ruben Neves is taking himself for a holiday, I can see him just being forgotten about, you know, because they've got a lot of talent. So, yeah. yeah. Maybe they're just writing it off for the money and just going, ah, oh, well, and Kante, plus, you know, he's won the World Cup and all that anyway, you know, so he's maybe just, you know. It's incredible how many players are being linked to Saudi moves now. Like it's almost like collectively the league have come together and gone, right, we're buying everyone. Who who's in? Everyone else in? Like everyone signed up for this? Yep, cool. Yeah. What about the clubs down the other end? You up for it? Yep, cool. All right. Uh, all right, let's go. Who's available? And they just literally 
any player whose contract's up next season or is out of contract in the next few days is being linked to Saudi Arabia right now. And it's mad. Like, is this the Ronaldo effect from last summer? Or, like, does suddenly, did, did Saudi money suddenly wake up and think, oh, football, Ronaldo's here now, let's buy some more. Like, it's very strange how quickly it's switched. Um yeah, I definitely feel that they were waiting for this Newcastle thing to go on first mm. and get the Newcastle deal done because that was basically, you know, they've had one year in Newcastle, the PIF, uh, as it's called, and <clears throat> now we're getting this because they've had the money the whole time, you know, and they kind of, I don't know if you've read this, but it was a kind of quote that was going around from one of them saying that they've got 20 billion and what they want to do is spend their oil money on making sports a thing in Saudi is like mm. a, a thing and whatever, and, you know, it's an admirable thing that they're trying to do i guess on, on the face of it if that's what it is they're doing um but if the budget for the project is 20 billion then like they can yeah. get a lot of players to start a division up overnight you know? <laughs> yeah i mean um i saw that mendy the chelsea goalkeeper yeah man that's a big one that is another big one isn't it uh jeco or bamiang's linked out there there's there's whispers that de gea could be out off out there as well so de gea is the perfect person to go nobody wants to hear Nobody yeah. wants him. Nobody needs him. Nobody's interested. But he wants to get that six-figure weekly wage, you know. So, like, he should just be. Who wouldn't? Like, it's difficult to turn that sort of money down, isn't it? And I mean, at his age, especially, and he's not really in. You know, he's not in the international. Um, who does he play for? If he leaves Man United, who does he go to? There's nobody out there that you'd say, "Oh, that makes sense," or "That's a good fit." You can't see him anyway. sort of rolling out at Sociedad anytime soon, can you? Like, it's. Go back it would need to be something like that, wouldn't it? To go yeah. back to Spain. It would need to be Sociedad Valencia if they sold Marmashvili, maybe Betis or something. But he's not going to Athleti. He's not going to Real or Barca. He's not going to any of the major Italian teams, really, is he? His wages wouldn't carry him in Italy, certainly. Mm. PSG have Donnarumma. Yep. And then no team in Germany is paying him money. So, yeah. That's what he is. Yeah, it's, it's going to be fascinating to see who else ends up in that Saudi uh, league next season. And obviously we're talking about red crosses, but we forget that a lot of the teams that are picking these players up are qualified for the Asian Champions League next season. Um, and those games are covered by so rare. So every now and then we'll get a little window of opportunity to use your Benzema's. And well, I don't know about Benzema, but I know that, you know, the, the, the club that Kulabali is signed for um, will be in the Champions League. So I'm not sure about, um, is it Al Itihad, I think, that signed Kante and, is that Itihad? That signed Kante? Yeah. I'm not, I'm not sure where they finished. Let's have a little look, actually. We'll get it up. Saudi Pro League, isn't it? Yeah. See if we finish where. So Al Itihad, yeah, they won. So Al Nasser second and Al Itihad. Al Hilal didn't qualify for the Champions League then. So it's Al Nasser and Al Itihad. So Ronaldo, Benzema, Kante. Um, Ziyech, did Ziyech sign for Al Nasser? I think Ziyech is went to Ronaldo's team. Yeah. So there's a few players there that you will get. You will get your international utility and your Asian Champions League. So, um, yeah. I mean, I was surprised, actually. I think, like, J.R. Duke was selling his Benzema unique this week for, like, two and a half ETH or something like that. He was like, I looked here, I was like, hmm. You know, that is not a bad punt, is it? Like, if you if you want to take a little punt on the potential for this league to be covered this season, there's a two and a half ETH Benzema or whatever. I'm, I'm going to make sure I've got my stat, my, my, my facts right now. But I'm sure I looked at him and was like, that is an obscenely cheap 
unique card for a player who is like a Ballon d'Or winner. Yeah. Um, let me see. His unique is listed. It is. Oh no! Wait, hold on. Someone's bought it and relisted it. That's why. Oh. Somebody's beat you to it. So, yeah, J.R. Duke sold it yesterday. This is insane, actually. J.R. Duke sold Benzema's unique from this season. The season he won the Ballon d'Or, and he's winning. He's wearing his, you know, his Real Madrid kit. 0.725 ETH. Not, not even an ETH. J.R. Duke, five months ago, won that in an auction for 8.32 ETH. Sold it for 0.725. And the person who bought it has it listed for nine right now. Obviously, they're not going to get many bites. But nine. But 0.725, even, you know, as on a punt, is not bad for a Karim Benzema, right? He's going to be playing in the Champions League next season. And those fixtures fall in really random midweeks as well. You know, you could on any given week have an absolute baller of a player for that game week. And in, in any game week he is scoring, he's probably going to be putting up 80 to 100 points, right? With that 50% bonus, yeah. that is an ins. I might have to have a look at what else JL Duke's selling because to accept 0.725, that's insane. JL Duke's yeah. always got a lot listed. Um, let's have a little look at what he's got on sale at the moment. But yeah, what a, what a steal. Um, yeah, he's got a few a few cards listed, a few uniques there um, going cheap. Not super cheap, but that, 0.725 for a Benzema unique is unreal. Not too shabby. Yeah. You'd be laughing, won't you, if that ends up getting covered next season. Oh, yeah, big time. You'd be rubbing your hands all day. It's like when people bought Aotanaka unique, knowing that the D2 was coming. Yeah. Same kind of vibes. I was looking at it that week, just by chance, just to see maybe I'll pick one up. And uh, yeah, I think the unique, that Ayo Tanaka was listed before all the news broke that the, you know, when all the whispers were happening, I think, oh, let me have a little look. If that's true, who can I get? And I, I think a lot of people looked at Ayo Tanaka, didn't they? Because he was so good in the J-League. Um, it was obviously had problems with injuries in the end, didn't he? You're, you're a holder as well, aren't you, Quinny Tanaka? Yeah. I still got his Kawasaki rear, yeah. One of our most successful cards. There's rumours he's going to Portugal. Really? You know, I was looking the other day at like some cards of mine that have maybe left. You know, like the cards that once they get relegated or something, you kind of write them, write them off for a season and think. But I did. I did wonder what what came of um, Daiki Matsuoka, who went down with S Pulse last season, under twenty international for Japan, highly thought of. So I thought, oh, let me have a little Twitter search. I didn't even realise this, right? But do you know that Daiki Matsuoka is on loan? He's playing in the second division in Brazil this season. I was like, what? I had well, absolutely cool. no idea. But yeah, he's on loan in Brazil. Um, crazy. Well, cool. Yeah. It is cool, isn't it? Yeah, I've got... But fingers crossed, Espol's come back up next season and I'll get some use out of him. But yeah. Not too, not too worried about holding on to those ones. You got any uh, red crosses that you're holding on to at the minute? Petty Martinez, who was like won the Libertadores with Boca Juniors or something like that, got South American Player of the Year, like big time. Went to Atlanta United, big money move. That's where I bought his card, and then he flopped, and he's been in Saudi ever since. Mm. Um, so I've got him almost at level twenty. 
but he is like he's like 27 he's not in his 30s or anything he's 28 maybe he had a bad injury at one point so that's the only one i'm holding um but i have had a few i had jason denier go there i had two goalkeepers go to saudi and i've got rid of them all um but when that this stuff can happen I'm like oh maybe i should just held on to maybe one goalkeeper you know just in case but uh yeah if it gets covered, it would just be really good. I think it'll be good for Champion Asia if it got covered and it got and it got some cards. Like if the three teams that are buying all the players got cards. Yeah. Um you would need that for prize pools, I think. And I think if you added that in to Champion Asia, I guess in our little flavour. So I'm not totally against it. I do think there's a there's a limit to it, but you know, like Saudi seem to be doing a lot of spending. Qatar are just about coming in with a wee bit of spending. I've seen them linked to one or two players. I think maybe Riyad Mahrez is one of them. Mm. Um and uh, so, like, you maybe then start to spill into the um, excessive, you know. So you need to tread lightly, I think. Because I think the D two experiment and limited when they, I think both of these drops have taught Sorel a lot yes. on the implications of more availability and more variations on options for positions, etc. So you know, I, 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 I would be quite happy to see I trust them on those previous experiences to handle it correctly. Yeah. Yeah, I'd, I'd agree. I think I thought, I'm all for coverage. Um, but yeah, like if maybe if more coverage comes with maybe just one team from that league, you know how we've got a few leagues like that and we like a, yeah. a Norwegian league and stuff. It's like get a little team in, put them in the prize pool, but cover any players that go there. I think that is the ideal situation at the moment for like the amount of onboarding that's being done and new users versus supply. Whereas if we onboard an entire division, then you've got like 30,000 new cards in circulation. You know, it spreads everything else. It just dilutes everything, doesn't it? So, yeah, I think a, an ideal situation would be maybe we get an Al Nasser or Al Itihad, uh, um, what's the word, deal. So we get the cards and we get the coverage with that. And then, you know, there's probably quite a few Red Xs on the platform, isn't there, in that division? Uh, I'm sure sure there's a lot and there will be a lot more as well as more players sign and you know what they've done more. over the last year or two so their managers will know this but they've been they've been plundering like you know some of these spots for the last season or two saudi arabia the red x it has been a threat on Surya for the last two years you know we've seen bigger longer top goal scorer in the j league absolutely yeah, yeah. he went out there you know we've seen a few guys do it the goalkeeper i had played for the same team the career number one kim sung yeah. he went out there already he's you know so you know they're, you know they're definitely building something there. There's no mistaking it. And I know the headlines will go towards all the big players now, but you know they have had money for a while and they have been trying to get some people in already. So I know the state of the division is also really poor. I and mean, when you see some of the highlights, like I do think a lot of the native players are very substandard. Um, but they are doing their best to kind of make a league, if that makes sense. I don't think they'll hold a candle to MLS when it comes to commercial development and all that kind of stuff. So I just think. MLS is a full 20 years ahead of them in terms of trying to break into the European monopoly of all this, you know. Um, so I do think that Saudi Arabia will really go for it and they'll try being like, I think they'll try to be the Asian MLS in some way, if you know what I mean, like the big league that if you're going to pay attention to that region, maybe they'll, they'll fight with the J League a wee bit more for status and for that kind of thing and probably try and fight against the old China regime of getting good guys that are happy to move for money, you know. Yeah. I'm just having a little look at like we're just talking there about like red X's and how many teams and players there might actually be active in that division. And if you just look at Al Nasser's uh 
roster on Surrey data. They've, there's two goalkeepers there, Ospina and Rossi. Um, they've got uh, Gislan Conan at the back. Can I tell you something on that? Sorry. Go for it. Rossi is only on loan, apparently. Oh, right. That's interesting. So, you know, I, I, that whole move really confused a lot of people because they already had Ospina, I'm sure. Maybe they thought yeah. they were maybe losing him or something. I don't know. but Or maybe he was injured at the time. I can't remember. But it, that was a real... Um, flamboyant transfer, really excessive, like, you know, because he sat on the bench, if you look at his appearances, he's barely played, you know, and he's not been in Boca this whole time. <laughs> yeah, interesting that. Yeah, Rossi there. So, yeah, two goalkeepers, um, two defenders, uh, two midfielders, and Ronaldo up top. So they've got a lot of players just in that team that have, you know, potential, you know, we've already got a lot of red X's there that, you know, in terms of supply, it's got to be a lot of cards out there of those players as well. So, yeah, it'd be interesting to see how it all pans out. I know a lot of people are calling for it. You and I probably sat on the fence a little bit. I don't, I'm, like you said, I think coverage would be nice as long as we don't get an oversupply issue with it. Um, But yeah, I think... One of the things I loved about Soria when I first found it was the fact that the championship and China were on it. And it was like, it doesn't matter where your guy goes. Yeah. It doesn't matter. That's one thing I've always loved about Soria, you know, and like it's a it's a bit of an annoyance or a flying the ointment that we're having to deal with this whole Saudi stuff like now from a Soria perspective, once everything's been kind of like, let's get ready for this season and then try and ramp up. And then there's this other thing where it's like, oh, do we need to deal with this? Do we need to go and do something? Um, so, yeah, like, I get it in that respect. But it's one of those ones where that's something I loved about Soria. And now that if the Saudi League is going to be a player, Air yeah. quotes. in some respect, then I would love it to be covered. So I don't want a card moving there and going, oh, it's not covered. You know, I love that. Doesn't matter where they go as long as Opta covers it. It's my yeah. sort of air card. I'm going to play it. You know, I can play it. I love that part of the game. I'm with you on that. Definitely that. I think on that note, it's quite nice. A nice note to end it on as well, Quinny. But before we go, have you got anything to look forward to this weekend in terms of so rare? Got any teams lined up? For the weekend, me, I've not looked further ahead than uh, today, basically. As you know, we're a bit behind schedule. When I finish this, I'm away to watch some Euro Under-21s with Harry Treads. Nice. And uh, I might stay on to watch the Spain game tonight, because that's where most of my cards are. So uh, I've not even fought into tomorrow, mate. Never mind the weekend. What about you? You're obviously at Glasgow. Ripping this it up. is it. Off to Glasgow tomorrow, so I need to do as much. Probably, I need to do all of it. I can't rely on Wi-Fi access or anything down there. There's not likely to be any, so... Yeah. Um, yeah, I've kind of like, I've roughly lined my teams up already. Um, I think U23 Rare um, and uh, Super Rare Cap 240 are going to be my main kind of points of interest for the weekend as things look at the moment. Um, Brezza, to answer your question in the chat, what music do I play? I play electronic music kind of across the board, but also play disco. I, I play all kinds of music. I'm Anything electronic, dancey, I'll find a way to make it work. Um, so yeah, I, I just I'm in always interested in new music. So I try and find things before they become a genre, and that is kind of my job. Outside of being on the End Product Podcast with Quinny, that is what I do in in with my time. So um, yeah, into a bit of trance and house. Yeah, I think that the trance influences are there. Definitely produced a bit of music that has 
some trance influence in the last year. So, uh, yeah, give Plastician a search on Spotify and you'll find some of my productions uh, or SoundCloud if you want to have a little listen to the mixes. Um, but yeah, on that note, I'm off to Glastonbury. So, uh, so rare is going to be a bit of a sideline for me this weekend, but still hoping for a bit of end product. You know how we do. Quinny, best of luck. Enjoy uh, the under 21 euros this evening. Fingers crossed for a bit of uh, magic from the Netherlands. Um, I'll take a nice nil-nil um, at the moment, just because I've got Van der Voort in one team and a uh, wrench and uh, uh, wrench, Vanek and um, Taylor all playing. So a nil-nil. Everyone gets a nice little 10 point bonus. Uh, if we can just have Taylor doing a little bit more in the midfield because his score's looking a little bit lacklustre at the minute. But defensively, a nil nil will be nice across the board for the players I've got involved. Um, so, yeah, fingers crossed for that. Good luck, everyone, on the weekend. Quinny, always a pleasure, never a chore. I'll see you again uh, next week, probably looking a little bit worse for wear, as usual. Take care, everyone. Cheers, all. <laughs>